I just love that thing. I just wanted to do that. Okay. Let's begin. Right in a kisser. <laughs> a very boy bandy type of move my brain goes toward. It was kind of bye 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 ish. <laughs> it was very in sync, Backstreet Boys inspired. But for anyone who may be making fun of my dance moves, I did not spend two easy payments of $19.95 on Darren's dance grooves on VHS to be disrespected. No. No, no, no. I don't know if you remember him, but he used to choreograph like all of the 90s, 2000s pop star boy band music videos. He did Britney. The Spears. name's familiar, but it's not. I'm going to have to Google him. I can't what remember his last name, but, but he did Bye Bye Bye. He did Crazy by Britney Spears. Uh, he did Give It to You by uh, the guy from New Kids on the Block. Um. Drawn a blank. Anyway, he was everywhere. His moves took over the 90s, 2000s. <laughs> oh, wow. Someone's still doing tutorials for that. Darren Henson. That's the man. Wow. The same Darren from Darren's Dance Grooves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Videos that dominated commercials in the 2000s. He is the man behind the moves seen in the videos, famous puppeteering sequences. The way that I thought that I was going to learn these dances and absolutely dominate school dances, weddings, bat mitzvahs, your graduation party, your uncle's birthday, the Christmas right. party. I thought that I was going to be the most popular girl at that party because I could do all these moves. <laughs> Were you waiting for the song? <laughs> I was preparing my whole life for this moment. For this moment. I live for this moment. Hello, everyone. <laughs> oh, you're here too. That's right. Hello, hello. And welcome to the happy and Holy Podcast mm-hmm. with your host, Jamie. And my personal favorite person on the planet. She better not be yours because she's mine. Wenny. <laughs> I think someone, I, I could think of someone who would argue that. However, we're I'll get in a fight with him later. 
Guys, welcome. We are back. Hey, listen, I know. I know what you're thinking. Guys, it's been a month. Maybe it has. Maybe it hasn't been. And, you know, we've been away. The producers have been upset. You know, we just kind of do, we, we do it as we go. Um, doesn't make the producers happy, but we're, this is kind of a summer break. Our managers were negotiating new rates for us to come back for another season. It was a lot. I mean, the actor's strike does not affect us. So here we are. Back at it. Care for more. And we're not even scabbing because there's nothing to scab. There is no other show like us. Mm-hmm. So we're here for another fun round of happiness and holiness. The Happy and Holy Podcast. <laughs> if you're wondering where this name came from, Happy and Holy is a term that was derived from Mr. Bulgaria himself, Georgian Banoff, one half of the Joy Apostles, who are Georgian and Winnie Banoff, <laughs> co-founders of Global Celebration, an awesome ministry, Google them, check them out if you want to. However, before you do, you must know. The tagline goes like so. The world wants you happy, but not holy. Religion wants you holy, but not happy. But the good news is to make you both. Jesus came to make you. (laughs) Now that faith has come. Now that faith has come, Jesus came to make you both. Just how important is that line? Jesus came to make you both happy and holy. Um, It's not this or that. It's not this or that. It's not either or. It is both and, and that's good news. That is gospel. (laughs) That's good news. It will never not be good news. Happy and holy podcast, guys. We're about, I want to say six months old. Okay. We are, we are in our third trimester, I believe. Wow. (laughs) This is exciting. So welcome to the happy and holy podcast. It is our joy no pun intended it is our joy to come to you guys and make these episodes for you we have a lot of fun doing it which you know should kind of be the point um but we enjoy being here with you guys we are listed on all podcast platforms whether it be google apple podcasts or even spotify yes we are on the same platform as joe rogan so um, after you're done listening to History Hour podcast, you can listen to ours. And so it is good news. Thanks for joining. Thanks for jumping in. Thanks for being our guest, soon to be friend. As always, we, we had some pretty cool comments and ratings on Apple Podcasts. So as always, we love it when you like, comment, share, and rate. Let the world know that we're out there. And we're here to have fun. 
And um, oh, we still need a joy verse. Ooh, we Psalm one, um, Psalm sixteen, eight through nine. Ooh, Psalm sixteen. Oh boy! All right. We want, so we want to do that. We should. Today's joy verse is Psalm sixteen, eight through nine. I have set the Lord always before me because He is at my right hand. I shall not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad, and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. I love that. <laughs> my whole being rejoices. Whole being. <laughs> my, I, I did this. My whole being. <laughs> my spirit, my soul, my body rejoices, and my flesh is secure. Wow. Psalm 16. Psalm 16. I'm going to write that one down. My whole being, you say? Got it. My whole being. I'm not over that. This is just like when preachers go, do you what that word all means in the Greek? It means all. And I feel like I need to, it needs to be said. Do you know what the word whole means in the Hebrew? It means whole. Ooh, my whole being. Turns out the translators translated it correct, correctly. Do you know how many ministries would be out of business? <laughs> if people actually believe that. <laughs> I would laugh to see people just be like oh you mean i can just read my bible and not listen to these certain ministries which are giving me nothing but their own interpretation of scripture you mean my holding i don't need to go back for another session i don't gotta go to a deliverance weekend my holding the whole thing the whole thing It gives you joy for your whole being. Wow. Um, I need to. I, ooh. Whoa. Okay. <sighs> the wise counsel God gave me when I'm awake. Ah. Uh, oh my gosh. Every line of the message is like hitting me and hitting me. All right. Trigger trigger warning. I'm going to read the message. Okay. Um, it says Psalm 16. I'm just going to skip down to seven. It says the wise counsel God gives when I'm awake is confirmed by my sleeping heart. Day and night, I'll stick with God. I've got a good thing going and I'm not letting go. I'm happy from the inside out and from the outside in, I'm firmly formed. You canceled my ticket to hell. That's not my destination. I love that. Eugene Peterson, he knows what he's talking about. I mean, I I trust this man. Um, Let me just read this. Let me see that. Mm Mm-hmm. The Jewish says, I bless Adonai, my counselor. At night, my inmost being instructs me. I always set Adonai before me. With him at my right hand, I can never be moved. So my heart is glad. My glory rejoices. Wow. 
the Hebrew just, just now I'm curious yeah my heart so my heart is glad my glory rejoices and my body too rests in safety for you will not abandon me to Sheol and you will not let your faithful one see the abyss and of course everyone's favorite joy verse you make known the path of life in your presence is unbounded joy and in your right hand is eternal delight some people know that as in your presence is the fullness of joy and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore forever the glory rejoices um is, is very uh, accurate to the hebrew because the word there is kabod oh yeah and so that is um glory honor Glorious abundance, abundance, riches, honor, splendor, glory, honor, dignity, honor, reputation, honor, reverence, honor, reverence. I can't find my, um, I don't know why I put my Greek, my Greek, uh, I'll find it. I almost couldn't find my uh, my interlinear Bible. That would have been unfortunate. That would have been super sad. I just have Bibles everywhere and books everywhere, so it's like hard to. Um. Anyway, the kabod. Shaka. This is interesting. Um. The. Um. This is one of my favorite resources. This. Um, hold on. This page just was ever so rude to me. This <laughs> is the Jesenius Hebrew Chaldee lexicon, which is one of my favorite Hebrew resources. Um, one of the definitions of kabod um, is the heart, the soul as being the more noble part of man. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and another um, definition is glory of men. And it's interesting that the those manly physical parts of us, the, the human parts are included um, to, to be rejoicing and to be in glory. Hmm. What was your translation about to pop off on? Oh, I got lost in that. I'm <laughs> I got lost in the glory. I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm feeling really juiced to be honest. I know. I like I just I feel like that that needs to be repeated. How it's the heart, the soul, as being the more noble part of the man. Oh. <laughs> I just needed iconic. 
let's go for it. Majesty, glory, splendor, king of majesty, of glory. Mm-hmm. When it's used of God, honor, glory of men. When it's used of men, um, it's used in Job, um, the most noble of Israel. Mm. So it's interesting that God will share a word, especially one that is so about the weighty glory of God that kabod glory, that weighty glory, that he would allow it to be a descriptor of not just himself, but of his creation. And that his glory can rest on us and we have, we have glory. Like people love to talk about like glory, like, oh, I don't want to take the glory away from God. And like, you can't. I can't believe you thought you could. That was very prideful of you to say. Do you mean that's like looking at your, like your dad and being like, oh, dad, I don't want to beat you up. You're not wrong. I think what's interesting, too, is is there's so much fear about like if if I recognize who I am in Christ, then there there's this like weird like perception of either I will get prideful I think I or I'll think I won't need God or that that it would just skew their perception of God to recognize the glory that he has given them right but I I think those things only go to your head if you're not assured of how loved you are by God mm. and and knowing in that the reverence and holy fear right that you have of him and and holy fear you know what's interesting is I don't think I've ever met someone who um has that perception of I need to be less or like limit myself and says they do it because they fear God who actually has the fear of God. <laughs> what I see right. often is people who who talk about the fear of God who also have this belief have not had an encounter with God so they don't have genuine fear of God. Yes. And their fear is actually like this man-made fear where they've perceived God through a human lens of like, this is like an angry father figure and I fear the angry father figure. But you Ooh, mm-hmm. you don't have fear of God if you're fearing a personality that God doesn't have. Correct. If you have a perception of God that is inaccurate and you fear that, that's not the fear of God. God, God the smiter? Yeah, or, or like some something to always be like measuring up to, to something for um, meeting certain requirements in um, exchange for approval. Yeah, it's it's the it's the ang- angry dad theology. Exactly. You know, um, at any minute he's just gonna backhand me. Um, for us, it's like we're gonna be struck down by lightning. And um, I always say that you behave as you believe. And so when you live in this life of just like, 
like always doing this thing when we can't even like you're saying embrace the true qualities of the father that god the father is unlike any like yes there he gives us he lets us have parents so we can experience what his love is like and so but however good or bad of a dad you had on earth god is to the hundredth power uh level nine thousand, as you say and um so we can't limit our experience to who we know our dads to be. Maybe we saw our neighbor's dad, our best friend's dad, and limit that to be like, that's as good as God gets. Um, what a sad limitation to the goodness of the father. And so angry God theology would use language like that. Like, well, we don't want to rob God of his glory. I'm sorry. When would you ever have permission to do that? When will you even be able to do that? Like, you think you're even capable of that? Mm-hmm. Like, compare his glory to the glory of man, and you think there's going to be any competition? <laughs> it's like an ant competing with a human, and then being like, I'm I'm afraid to stomp on him. Like, you right. can't even lift your foot big enough to get your foot on top of a human foot, let alone the whole thing. Right. Help. Like, how so, small is your perception of God if that's something you believe? I know. You can't. And here's the thing. Um, I don't know if you know this, but God's going to get his glory. <laughs> like, whether you give it to him or not, earth is his and the fullness thereof. And the glory is of him. Would he rob himself? Um, so what a weird phrase to say. And I know a lot of the circles that that phrase is popular. Um, and I know a lot of circles where they say it with the best intention. I understand what they're trying to get at, but the lingo makes you again, um, you kind of err on the, on the fear side. And, um, as we were talking pre-show, like fear is a terrible motivator, and as you were saying, like the fear of God, um, which I had first been opened to the right thinking of the fear of God. Um, I'm sorry, I don't want to say the right thinking, like it's the only way to think. But another dimension of the fear of God that I had been uh, made aware of or I had been enlightened to. Um, people are going to love that word um, that I had been enlightened to is the definition of fear and um a bible translator had once said that that actually that fear is more an awe um it is the awe of god and this this never losing our wonder of who god is and that's the beginning of wisdom never don't sleep on god don't um feel um don't get complacent in your relationship with god don't fall asleep to the wonder of like you know um in 2023 god is still healing so if you know on church on sunday someone shared a testimony about how their arm had gotten healed and sure it was just a person's arm getting healed but should i stop should i lose the wonder of healing and lose my awe and get complacent and go oh yay god healed someone Oh, their arms so sweet. Like, no, the beginning of wisdom is to never lose sight of how God is always moving. God is always working. God is always speaking. And so um, that's more what the fear 
looks like. But um, the fear that is often taught is the American fear, where it's like, be afraid, be very afraid. And so. I think too, just to, I don't want to deeply dive into this, but I did have an encounter where I experienced the fear of God. And if you, if you like have not had this encounter, if you haven't felt this, you will absolutely not know what this is (laughs) because the fear that I felt was so, it was so tangible. It, It made like American fear or like earthly fear look like it was made out of paper. It made, it made like fear that we experience look comical. Yeah. And it, what's interesting about the fear of the Lord is like, while it is like arresting, it's like at the same time, you're like, I want more of this. Mm -hmm. Like this is terrifying because you can feel it like actually being like enough to kill your body because your body is just like, it's like, you know, it's just like, well, it's a body. Like, it just feels really flimsy in comparison. Like, it's it's wild because you're like, I want more of this, but it will hurt. But it's so wow. good. And right. it's, it's literally just, I think up the bulk of it is has to do with the fact that, like, an earthly body cannot handle that amount of glory. Yeah. You know, we're going to need new bodies. My gosh. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, I, sorry, not sorry that that the that the my glory rejoices was even in it. Um, I <laughs> it completely caught me off guard that 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 line was like that lingo was in it. Like I just it caught me off guard. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We not sorry. To, we had to deep dive. We had to deep dive. You know us by now, or maybe you don't. But this is a very good sampling. If you don't know us now, you do. <laughs> we get into translations and concordances and we have to do the digging okay we can't just leave we're detectives you don't just yeah. go to a crime scene and not analyze a hair that you find a fingerprint you have to analyze it if you're gonna solve the crime and we solve any crime by dinner time <laughs> by dinner time we leave no stone unturned. Within three hours, we will solve this. <laughs> really, within three hours. Really. Um, we kid you not. So, with that being said, just a reminder, um, we have a website. Jamie, tell them about the website. Guys have got to go to this website. You got to go to Happy and Holy Co., If you go there, you will find everything happy and holy and soon merch. So you will be able to proudly wear your happy and holiness status because you visited happyandholyco.com. We're getting merch? You won't regret it. That's exciting. And if you have a best friend, and you love her or him the way I love this girl. You're going to want to get some of the stuff that we have coming out because this is about friendship. Yes. Because what makes you holier than a man sharpens another man as iron sharpens iron, which makes you holy. And what makes you happier 
than a friend. Because of all the things that God has given us to make us happy and holy, it is friendship. Yes. Oh my gosh. It is friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that's triggering a song, but now I don't want to get lost. Don't forget to hit up our email. Happy and holy. Mm-hmm. Co. At Gmail. 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 Gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Guys, hit us up there. We love the comments. We love responses. We love the inquiries, the comments, the questions. We love it all. Quickly, a quick reminder we are rated S for satire. Just to make you aware, <laughs> there, there can be and there will be some jokes that go over your head. We're okay with that. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just letting you know. Look, we don't condescend. If you have trouble understanding something, we believe that you are intelligent and hardworking enough to seek out the answers because it is the glory of God to conceal a matter and the glory of kings to seek it out. So if you don't understand something, please just feel honored in the fact that we thought you would. And go figure it out. Go figure it out, King. <laughs> go, King. Um, but again, you know, that's why we list the website and we list the Gmail so that you can ask us, like, hey, I didn't I didn't get I didn't get that. What did you mean by that? And so, if we feel like it, we'll answer. <laughs> agreed. As we have already been there. And so we're okay with that. But um, we're having a lot of fun, you guys. We're just trying to have fun. Keep it in the fun zone. Um, because that's where we want to be. So E for everyone. S for satire. Here we go. Um, we do have our next segment. So we should head over to that. Beauta mess. Well, we're here. Um, happy and holy season two. I think this is episode two, season two. Here we are. Very fun. Um, we have taken quite some time off, and I'm okay with it. Um, we got lives, we got things, we got transitions, all the things are happening. So we're we're good. We're feeling good. Feeling fine. Um, you know, we have been gone for so long that the producers are all like this is no longer Jamie did you hear it's more of here's what you missed Mm -hmm. and so they said all right so they said for this show only it's it's gonna be here's what you missed okay one just this show all right Jamie so it's not did you hear is here's what you missed wow great well and I really did miss it, y'all, because I was out of the loop. We missed a lot. We really, we really are in a whole new season. <laughs> it's real. So uh, here's what we're getting into. So here's what we missed, Jamie. Uh, apparently, there was some movie that came out about a um, toy doll. And it started like a whole frenzy 
um, because apparently the movie was trash. So this just in, the movie is still trash. And um, we have not, we, we kind of missed the, um, that whole uh, arc of this movie came, people saw, and it did not conquer. And so here we are. And um, apparently, I mean, right around the street was that it was directed by one of your favorite, your favorite directors? <sighs> Not my arch nemesis director. Valid. After Little Women, I've had a grudge and I'm not letting it go. The pacing was horrific. The lighting, confusing. <laughs> Where are we? When are we? This woman didn't know and she didn't want us to know either. Oh, it's terrible. Um, little, I, just stick to the book. I think even in high school now, there um, you're tw- you can read Little Women as one of your books. Uh, I mean, when I was in high school, we were reading like Macbeth, and uh, <laughs> I don't read books written by bitter women, <laughs> which pretty much historically leaves me only with Jane Austen. It I'm might okay be on your summer though. reading list. I apologize in advance if you have to read read it for college. Some of you might be coming straight off of your summer list, your summer reading list, and it was on there. I apologize. We're here to warn you, stick to the book. If you have options for your summer list, because sometimes they give you a long list of books and they're like, you can pick any four of these, send us your summer list and we will let you know which people on the list are not bitter. (laughs) And people who don't see the world through bitterness see the world through truth. Bitterness equals lies, not bitterness equals at least a little more accurate depiction of what the world is like. <laughs> Just stay away from the Bronte sisters, okay? Oh, yeah. Let's let's not do that. So, Barbie. Barbie was a whole thing. A lot of mixed reactions, but over, overall, it was not taken too well. I know a lot of people made it like a... Um, they made an outing out of it. People got dressed up, did their thing. It was all cute. And then completely like someone pissed on their parade after they came out of the theater. Cause they were like, the movie was trash. And I took my four-year-old daughter who did not understand anything that was happening on the screen. And so, um, I had not seen the movie. I don't plan to see the movie. Um, I don't even plan to stream that trash because what I'm not going to buy into and I'm not subscribing is to um, anything that smells like feminism. I I can go on, but I'm just going to say this. It is because of you dumb feminists that I have to work 40 hours a week and I will never forgive you. I will never forgive you. Can I just ask how much secondhand embarrassment you think I would get if I watched this film? Yeah, on a I, scale of one to ten. Like a seven. I felt like it was going to be around a seven. Yeah. Yeah. A seven. Oh, see, this is the problem. People who don't realize how embarrassing <laughs> things are, like, you would like it. It's a good film. And like, I had a good time. And then I go and I get mad because people are embarrassing me. Right. And embarrassing women and embarrassing men. It's hard enough to like people as it is. You have to make unlikable movies, with unlikable characters. Yes. And then I have to go out in the world and pretend that people are not this awful behind closed doors. 
I like to be in my Deluluville where I like everyone and everyone's far more wholesome in their private lives, according to my brain. You will never get me to, to, to subscribe to any type of narrative that will um, demonize men. Because let me tell you something. I love men. I have always loved men. I think men are very useful. I like being in a relationship with a man. I like um, that men are an option. I'm very grateful that God created man. Mm-hmm. Um, men are not the villain, at least in my life. They are not. Um, so I won't subscribe to it. Feminism has ruined, has rotted the brains of so many women that, do you know in 2023 that women, um, women are paying so much in alimony now because here's what they did to you. They screwed you into thinking that you needed to, I am woman, hear me roar. And I also needed to make the same amount as the CEO who does 10 times more work than I do, but I need to make the same amount, right? So now that you're making that much money, when you get your little divorce because your bitterness had sunken into your marriage, you then get divorced and you make more than your husband. And now you have to pay alimony in a world where you thought, because I'm a woman, I shouldn't. Double standards don't work. Never has, never will. Embrace your created design. (laughs) And your creative design was designed to stay at home and drink coffee and read books. Just to and make babies and make sandwiches. Fields. And I like that. I, I'm okay with that. If my highest calling is to host some, some bomb parties, to make some beautiful children, to spend some glorious money, to go on vacation, and my job is to look good in a bathing suit, by all means, sign me up to be a woman. I will be a woman here. If my if my highest stress in the day is, what am I going to make my husband for dinner? While Junior is over there playing his guitar. And Becky's coming down the street with a homemade pie. And that is my life. I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. But no, here I am. Setting alarms every day for 7 a.m. to go to work and to balance my checkbook and my account and pay my own car insurance. You guys did this to us. I have From to say, Susan too, B. Anthony down, I blame you all. I have to say, too, as a woman in the workplace, something I love is I love working for men. I love working for men and I hate female co workers. I will say I worked in retail and my least favorite time in retail was when I had a female manager. Mm-hmm. There was she had a thing to prove. That is the issue. And as also someone who used to work in film, um, it's like a thing that everybody says this, like feminists on set will say this. If there is a female AD, the shoot will not go well. Oh gosh. If your assistant director is female, this whole shoot is going to go to crap. (laughs) And the funny thing is female director doesn't necessarily mean it's going to go to crap. I've worked with some good female directors, female directors, because they don't have to, they don't feel like they have to keep everybody in line. They're just like, they're here for the creative vision. That's very much like women are, are quite good at that. 
um, just being like, I have this idea. But when a woman needs to get other people in line and, and make sure they get their job done and honor them at the same time, they flop. I Ooh. wish this weren't true. Okay. I used to be more feminist. Like I, I worked with a lot of feminists on set. Like I was, I was totally fine with that. But even in that state, even while I was like girl power, I still was like, not a female AD, anything but a female AD. This is going to suck. And I was a feminist. And I said that. So I'm just saying like, I would love to see women like take a role of leadership and being able to keep everyone in line and still honor them. But I just haven't seen them do it. Well, just leave that job to a man. Okay. We need father figures in those roles. I don't know what, what it is. Like if, if we look at any kind of role on any kind of set or job place, we just need to look at the qualities and be like, is this more of a mother role or of a father role? And then just give it to the respective sexes. We need to stop pretending that we can all do the same things because it's embarrassing. The least tension that I've ever had on stage um, working with worship teams has been when the worship director or pastor is a male. Mm-hmm. The least tension because females almost have too much to prove. They almost have too many roles. Like for a guy, you like, you know, I've seen some worship leaders like literally, like one of my really good friends, he's a fantastic musician, at, but he literally <laughs> will roll out of bed, like fresh out of bed. And um, when we were in ministry school, he would just like roll out of bed and stroll into worship team practice like really late (laughs) with a half-eaten sandwich and like bed hair and a a shirt with like a tomato stain on it and he was fine because like when he would play like as soon as he would pluck a string the glory would come and that's amazing but some girls are like so conscientious of like I not only have to be um I I not only have to be in the spirit when I lead but I also have to be presentable Mm-hmm. And so like this tension comes in. And also if I'm not presentable enough, I need to be likable enough. And um, my range needs to be like, whenever you hear about a female worship leader, the first thing people, the first thing people bring up is their range. Who cares? That's a really excellent point. They, Cause they never ask guys that they never ask guys. Never. So that's awful. I love, I, I mean, and, and when I think about like, oh, some of my favorite worship leaders, like I have to go down a list of maybe five people before I hit a guy. I mean, before I hit a girl. I, I think it's also, this is really interesting because I always hear this in secular conversations when people are on talk shows or they ask each other questions. They're, the girls are always asked about and they ask each other about their range. Nobody says that to a guy. And I know some guys with amazing ranges amazing voices why are we talking like the world why are we like kylie minogue asking kelly clarkson what her like highest note she can hit is (laughs) this is embarrassing let's just stop doing this we're asking the wrong questions because it's it's not enough it's not enough just to be there and present like guys usually are there and present the guys can do bare minimum as worship as worship leaders and girls are like But like, you know, a girl could wear, you know, maybe a V-neck t-shirt and they're like Jezebel. And so that's where a lot of the tension comes from where, you know, girls don't feel like there's not enough freedom and there's not enough 
um, room for them to just be themselves because there's so much they have to work to. And then that's why by the time a girl blows up, you know, the stack is gone and all this thing, all of a sudden she's a volcano and people are like, I knew she had a spirit. I was like, you don't understand the pressure that is on a girl <laughs> to, just to lead worship. For me, not so much because I had a lot less things to care about. Um, I didn't have a mold to follow because I was like, at the time when I was leading worship, I was like, what other barefoot black girl, black blue haired girls are leading worship for me to follow? None. So I had to make my own mold. So it was a little bit less, but I was conscientious of like, oh, they're staring at me. Are they staring at me? Or are they staring at me? Like, you know, so that was like something I had to be mindful of, like as far as like ministering and this, that, you know, thing. But um, I, before your thoughts, I will say that you're hearing us talk about this for the past, like what, five minutes. Please know. Season one, episode two, you know how we really feel about women. But also, please know, let's be real. <laughs> we recognize that um, sometimes we're in places that we shouldn't be. And it's because we forced our way in. I think manipulation so, never there's something really unfortunate that happens. I'm sorry, did I interrupt you? No, just I was just saying manipulation never gets you anything good. Oh, that's a really good point. I'm sorry I talked over it. I just got excited. It's okay. I think it sounded like my neighbor fell through my roof. So I was like, <laughs> I thought I heard that too. Um, See? I think the unfortunate thing, though, with women and manipulation is for a very long time, women were not given the right place. And so they reverted to manipulation. And in some place, in a lot of places, women are still not given the space that they should have even like God ordained spaces. And in lieu of having someone who should have opened that door for them, open that door, they'll try to force their way in. But often what happens is the wrong person will try to force their way into a situation where there was supposed to be another woman in that place. Um, whether it was leading worship or in, in another place of leadership and, Unfortunately, a lot of women have developed manipulative traits because it's just kind of what became necessary in a in that place where they weren't given a, a place of their own. And I think that really uh, men have in the church created a problem of bitter women because they haven't exalted the right ones. And that's where that like being presentable, being likable comes in because if, if a man cannot sense in the spirit, he will sense in the flesh. Which oftentimes they don't sense in the spirit. A majority of leaders within the church, especially if we're looking at the American church right now, and we're looking at the people who are in the places of, of leadership that could bring a woman to her rightful place in worship I don't see the majority of those men having enough discernment to discern between a girl who has great range, pretty hair and a great shaped body and someone who has an anointing. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a little bit, it, well, that's creating the problem. And it's one thing for them to sift through the men because 
in a way it's easier for them because they're not sexually attracted to men. It's also so, so many judge a little bit more. They can also get closer to them and get to know them better because it's appropriate for a married man to have man friends and not so much yes. to have female friends. And also there are a lot of men within the church who don't know how to talk to women and how to interact with them. And this is an unfortunate reality that I saw living in Charlotte and they don't, they just don't know how to speak to them or how to honor them within relationship. And so then they can't get to know them. And so when they can't get to know them, they can't recognize the walk they have with the Lord and why that would bring an anointing to a stage and a worship set. So we have a lot of really talented performers in the church because the people who have chosen the women to be in those places have had really bad discernment. And so I think that unfortunately, the reason why you and I have the bulk of our favorite worship leaders as male is also because of male leaders within the church who are doing the pastoring and the the leadership outside of worship. Correct. So it's like, it's really unfortunate when it comes to manipulative women and feminism and all this stuff, because these things just don't pop out of nowhere. Right. Women are bitter or trying to be controlling. It's because they've been in situations where they felt like that's what they had to do. Right. And unfortunately the people who made them feel that way were men and sometimes other women, a lot of times other women as well. I was just about to say that. Women perpetrate this cycle a lot Unfortunately, competition. And then they is say like, they're the smart ones. We're like, we're so smart. Like, well, why didn't why didn't you break the cycle yet? <laughs> what? What? Why didn't you break the cycle? Um. Yeah. I just yeah. Um. Being able to be in a culture where women are encouraging, applauding, lifting up, um, humbling themselves like being in a culture where women are doing that is where women thrive and um i've seen those cultures i've been in those cultures um because people do and can blame men but women women be doing it to themselves i will again say a fantastic book to read is truth that set women free it's going to be backwards i think because i'm seeing uh, it forwards oh beautiful uh the truth that set women free um, books written by Lee Grady, incredible. And so Lee Grady also talks about that also. Like apparently, uh, unfortunately it was a man who wrote this. So it was a man, mansplaining women in ministry to women, but someone had to do it because a woman hasn't written a book yet. So, <laughs> so all that to say, Barbie, Barbie movie is terrible. I don't plan to see it. I don't even want a whiff of it because as far as I know, I'm going to tell my kids that Life Size was the Barbie movie that came out in 2023. Life Size is the Barbie movie. Who else could teach you to shine bright, shine far? Don't be shy. Be a star. That's right. She taught me how to smize. Mm -hmm. And um, I know I'm just here for it. And so... Uh, if my kids ever ask by some means, if they happen to find in some time capsule, this awful movie that came out in 2023 with Mar, Margo, Margo, Robert, Robbie? Margo, Robert. <laughs> um, if somehow my kids get a whiff at this movie, 
surfaced in 2023. I will lie. I will lie until they're old enough to understand why I lied. And I will tell them life size. That is the Barbie movie that came out. Mm-hmm. And then when it they come back the home, it changed the world. And when they come back home and they say, mom, you lied to me and all my friends at school made fun of me. I will then have the talk with them. And the talk will be about feminism. Uh, speaking of terrible movies that need to be canceled. Um, the actors are still on strike. Do we know what they're, do they have they released the their terms that they're hoping to get? Yeah. So a lot of them, it's about the residuals and I understand. Okay. Here's the thing. They're making very valid arguments. You know, what the problem is, tell me what the problem is. I don't care. That is the problem. The problem is that I don't care. For three, four, five years, you guys have been feeding us trash, okay? You've been giving us junk food. You've been giving us McDonald's movies, okay? And now, after your propaganda, your woke trash, okay, your uh, anti-men basura, like, now that you've put on all the Netflix uh, against our will, now that you've ruined every Marvel movie that came out after 2017, now that like everything on Disney Plus is trash, and you guys willingly put this out, you guys even ruined the Star Wars trilogy. How could you even do... You ruined it, okay? Everything that was good and holy to us in our childhood, you ruined it. We feel personal, personally attacked. Because y'all say- came from the 90s. I will say that I don't enjoy watching anything recent. Um, And when I do watch recent things, I've noticed that I can only handle two or so episodes at a time until my spirit starts to feel really heavy. And maybe the one thing I've watched that's more recent is Schitt's Creek. Mm. But really you're, you're totally right. Like there hasn't been anything new. That's good. Not films, not television, if we're not watching them and our taste is the only taste that matters, obviously. Clearly. If we're not watching them and everybody else is watching YouTube, like every guy I know just watches YouTube, why are these people getting paid? Like you're not creating quality product. This is a good point. Well, and here's the thing. Since you guys have been not giving us good quality, right? You've been giving us McDonald's media. Why should we care if you guys get paid? Why should we back you? Because like they wanted us to like get behind them and feel sorry for you. Like Billy Porter's like, I had to sell my home. I don't care, Billy Porter. Mr. I'm going to wear a dress to the Met Gala. I don't care. I don't feel bad for you. You probably could have sold one of your dresses and made the money for your rent. I don't care. I don't feel bad for you. I'm tired of this, Grandpa. That's too damn bad. Something I thought was really interesting too was like, someone was like, this is Mara Wilson. She was Matilda and she made your childhood and she's not making much money. And I was like, why should somebody make a single film at age seven and still be living off of that at age 30 something, maybe like almost 40, she's probably in her mid, mid to late thirties now. Why should somebody make a, a single movie at age seven and and still be living off of that or be rich? And then mm-hmm. complain about going back into acting and not making much money. Honey, maybe you shouldn't be an actress anymore. Move on. Maybe you're not be, supposed to be, be a librarian. Actress. I don't know. Like, choose another vocation. 
I don't feel bad for you. I don't really think that she's supposed to be an actress personally. Like I really feel like the Lord doesn't really want her in that anymore. But I I just think it's a ridiculous that people would think you do one two hour film that takes three months tops to make. And you think you should be living off that three months of work from age seven, your whole life. Like that doesn't make any sense. That is the real problem and disconnect that some of them are having. When you have actresses like Rachel Zegler, who is supposed to be like the new Snow White, who is like... I just mean that it's no longer 1937. And we absolutely wrote a Snow White that is... not going to be saved by the prince. She's not going to be saved by the prince. And she's not going to be dreaming about true love. She's wanting to like rewrite the purpose and the plot of Snow White in general, right? And you, it's all propaganda poo-poo. And I'm not interested, okay? And now this same girl who is all like, it's not 1987 anymore. That same girl is on the picket lines, okay? Telling us that we should feel bad for her that she's not getting residual checks. Maybe they should AI your face because then maybe you wouldn't share what's really in your brain because you are not helping the rest of the actors. You're not helping us feel bad for them. Every time you open your mouth, you're making your case worse. Just know I have a whole bag of shh with your name on it. This is another thing. Like, you're that's such a valid point. Like, why do we keep bolstering up these dumb people? Like, why do we keep listening to these dumb people just because they're on camera, they have a symmetrical face, and they can sometimes they can. A lot of times they can't. They can act, but it's they do have a symmetrical face no matter what. <laughs> and <laughs> And then they open their mouths and then they say the dumb stuff they say. And then we like look at them and listen to them like they're better than the rest of us. Like we buy into it. No, like you're just as dumb as everybody else. (laughs) If not dumber, probably dumber. Why is anyone listening to you? Why are you on talk shows? I don't want to hear anything. Why are you on? Why? Why is there a mic in your face? They would be doing you a favor by taking it away. Mm hmm. And so maybe she is prolonging the strike every time she opens her mouth and every picture that she's in at the picket lines, she's making their case worse. All in all, I do not feel bad. Who I feel bad for, and we talked about this before, are the unseen heroes of the movie industry, the unseen heroes of the film industry, unseen heroes of the music industry. Okay? We feel bad for... um, the makeup artists, the hairstylists, the lights and sound and stage directors. And we feel bad for those people because they literally, this is what they live off of. This is what they need. I'm not saying that none of these actors don't get money or don't get paid. I don't feel bad for you. You fed us trash for five years and now you want us to back you up. When you like, you betrayed us. We waited for like two years for a Marvel movie to come out and you made it into your feminist doo-doo, stupid Miss Marvel and Brie Larson. I never want to see that woman's face again. I, yeah, I do think that of, of the people who had the power to change what was going on in Hollywood, because obviously the studios are at fault. Um, whoever is um, financing or controlling the studios they are the reason why things have gotten this bad because obviously we've had talented writers in the past we've had talented actors um but writers and actors have really failed us because they got scared and they did not stand up and speak against the agenda of the 
um, the industry. And the few that have have been blacklisted, called crazy, and had to go off and build their own film sets. Um, so when it comes down to it, the people, again, that I feel bad for are the people that AI um, could, could take their job. Um, if an actor yes. is not making money, neither will a stylist, neither will hair, neither will makeup, um, costumes, like all these things that, um, light, light, that lights actors faces, all of these people, they're basically like when you work on a film set, these people are like the construction workers of that industry. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Very physical, thankless jobs. You get a lot of injuries. It's terrible for your body. The, the people who are not being physically affected by this grueling work would be mm. more writers and actors and everyone else is like in physical pain trying to construct this set and right. to make the actors look a certain way. And that is really unfortunate because if the actors do not get a favorable deal, that will affect the income of those people. And I don't like that. But I also wonder what would happen if um, this caused all of Hollywood to come crashing down. And maybe exactly maybe we need that to happen so that we can build something else in its place. Because if we give mm -hmm. actors and writers what they want now, they're still going to be controlled by the same studios, the same evil people that have been putting evil stuff on our screen and just they're just going to keep feeding us crap it's not going to get any better and part of me just wants to let it crash and burn so that we can get new people and new companies in these places to create great art and i think people will find it um and i think the the pattern of humanity is that humans will keep seeking out the real real when it comes to creativity right so, um, for the actors and the writers who are now in this conundrum with this, like they're at a standstill basically. And I don't know. I mean, they're playing chicken. My advice would be to those like, you're completely right about what you've been saying about those in Hollywood. I understand AI is coming after a lot of people's jobs. Okay. It's coming after content creators jobs. It's coming after music industry jobs. I mean, you can get AI to make a melody for you, right? Write some lyrics for you. AI is coming for the jobs of writers and actors. If they're going to copy and paste your face somewhere. So sorry. Okay. Now that may sound really messed up. Like when you think about it, you're like, man, like, so you could just scan my face and just use it in a movie over and over and over. Here's the thing with AI in general. When AI comes knocking on your door as an employee, your job is to make yourself irreplaceable. Your job is to make yourself, um, your job is to make your employer go, I know we tried AI, but I just really, I like what this person does better. And as far as Hollywood, I would not know the difference currently if AI wrote a script or a, or a Hollywood writer. Honestly, these Netflix movies, Hulu, like Hulu's, Hulu's been cranking out Hulu originals. And I wouldn't know if AI wrote it or not. Make yourself irreplaceable because lately I, I wouldn't care if there isn't a Hollywood. I will say this. Sound of Freedom had no issue 
Mm. during it during the actor strike during whatever because it was like at the tail end of the actor strike and so while hollywood is shut down the only thing that people could really be go- getting behind was angel studios who i know is a sub of a sub of a sub of another studio but like sound of freedom had no problem and so make yourself irreplaceable start writing the hell out of movies again start writing the hell out of trilogies. start adapting from book to movie and stay true to it because what you're seeing now as hollywood is crumbling what you're seeing now is you expected the people to back you and yeah in the beginning we're like okay yes this is messed up. You should be getting your payments. Like if we're watching, if I'm watching the Fresh Prince and I'm finding out that Alfonso Roberto only makes like two, two cents every time I rewatch an episode. Sure. That sucks. However, I don't feel bad for you because you also live a pretty shitty, shitty life right now. And I'm not a fan of how, of what he stands for and the things that he talks about. And so, um, that's like if a cop was to get fired for police brutality, I'm supposed to like, I do back the police, but if a, if a dirty cop is a dirty cop. And so with Hollywood, it's really hard to find this fine line where I'm like, yes, you, sh- you guys should be getting paid your worth. However, what are you worth right now? Because mm. you've given us five years to be like, what are you, what are you feeding us? I mean, yeah, like I said, they just have ruined a lot of like good things. I mean, you have, Maybe because I'm a comic book nerd, I keep using like Marvel as an example, but you guys have had you, the script, the, the comics write themselves. I mean, you, you already have the material. All you got to do is bring it to the big screen. So children and those who are childlike can just be like, wow, and just envision. But like, then you start like hiding your political lingo in there, you know, sprinkling your propaganda and the movie is no longer good because you so focused on your narrative that you forgot the story. And so we don't get to enjoy it. Now you're coming knocking on our door. And so, like, um, pretty soon they're talking about how they're going to start coming for um, TikTok creators because um, I don't know if you've seen those videos, but people are just like, you see this video? You see this ad? This person's AI. So, blah, blah, blah. So, they're, like, using, like, legit people who are CGI, who are computer-generated um, NPCs. Like, they're using them and they're making um, commercials or making ads out of them. So they're just like TikTok influencers and creators are, they're coming for your jobs too. make yourself irreplaceable, mm-hmm. make yourself be something or do something that AI can never touch. And until then you can be shaken in your boots, but I'll tell you somebody like Bob Iger does not care. Bob, the CEO of Disney does not care that you guys are on strike. He said, first of all, you guys are not even being realistic with your expectations. You know why he thinks you're being unrealistic with your expectations? Because he gives a chunk of money to these directors and these producers and their movies flop. You know how many Disney movies have flopped recently? Disney and Pixar. There's a bunch of movies that have just tanked. The Buzz Lightyear movie did so awful. So... They're losing money on all the they're films losing. that they're putting yes. out. Yes. And then they have the nerve to go on strike and Bob Iger. And now people are mad at Bob Iger because he's like, you guys are being unrealistic with your expectations. Probably because he's giving you like $230 million to do to create movies and you guys are tanking them all. It's like on one hand, bro, you are giving the directives. You <laughs> you could stop the directives that are boxing writers. And I don't feel bad for actors in this. Maybe I should. But I feel really bad for writers who just are like, let's just play the game because I want to write and I just have to write 
within these ridiculous boundary lines of this agenda. Yes. Um, so that's, that is Bob's fault, I will say. But from a number standpoint, if he doesn't realize that, it does make sense like, oh, you're not actually pulling in money. And any person who's worked at any company ever, uh, especially within the, the corporate space, you will know that if you are not bringing in the money, you will get canned. Exactly. If your boss can't afford to pay you. He's not going to keep you on staff. You have to be doing things, whether it is within sales or outside of sales, that you're pulling in customers um, or at least keeping them. And if you're not doing that, you're going to get laid off or fired. And, and that's just the reality of working for any company. So it does make sense. Um, but that being said, you gotta, they gotta let these agendas go because it's, it's stifling writers. And I know there are good writers out there. And part of the reason why they're not at these companies is because they are dishonored in their pay. But a lot of it is the creative limitation. And also a lot of it is um, the fact that audiences are just easily offendable now. And that is the fault of you and I, not me personally, because I'm awesome, but you know, <laughs> other people um, who will get offended by things and and call something um, hurtful towards a certain group of people when it's it's not. So that Keep that is another people. limitation that that writers deal with that I think every business deals with how easily offendable people are right now. And it's it's a very difficult time to create anything um, content wise that will not trigger people. So there's a, there's a multitude of reasons. Um, I think maybe we just need to bring, bring back some good old shame and hate and just let them normalize because we need to be creatively set free. They need to just take a page out of our book and just trigger the people you're going to trigger and make upset the people you want to make upset because that way they'll be sifted away from your content and your real audience will come through. And that's all. Just trigger who you're going to trigger. You're Actually, gonna... think about really divisive people and how loyal their fans are and how um, their fans will pay for whether it's seeing them in person, meet and greets, shows, um, streaming things like those people that are being divisive right now seem to be doing well. Even if they have smaller audiences, those audiences yes. are loyal and loyal audiences pay for things well i mean you even see the stuff that had happened um one thing that happened while we were on our break was the jason aldean stuff with the try that in a small town well the hate ended up getting him the the hate was actually in his favor right because he's like i'm gonna write this song and i'm gonna make this music video and um whoever's gonna be upset is whoever's gonna be upset and that's what he did um, without trying to cater, you cannot please everyone. So stop trying. It'll be exhausting, but you will actually find that there's more people who will back you when you're willing to cross that line because they want to cross the line. They just need somebody bold enough to do it. And so with Jason Aldean, it kind of like happened with his song and you didn't think that putting putting an image of BLM was going to trigger anybody. Of course he knew, but he's like, I'm done. I, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Like it's again, the limitation. There are comedians like Matt Reif and other comedians who are Dave Chappelle, who are just like, I'm, we're just going to go for it. 
I'm going to offend whoever I'm going to offend. Comedians, comedians. I mean, the past couple of years, they had been scared because so many of them had gotten canceled. They had just been scared of doing stand up. Wow. It's their bread and butter. But now some of these comedians are just like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to, I'm just going to go for it. Be offended. Don't kind of, I think Matt, um, it wasn't Matt, right? If it was this Latino um, comedian, but the woman was like shouting at him was mad. He's like, leave. If I'm not funny to you, leave. Like, you, you know what I mean? Like you're in control of it. And so, um, yeah, just stop trying to cater to the masses. But um, as far as this writer strike, I don't know when it's going to end. And I'm not missing anything because I haven't watched anything past 2008 anyway. And so wh- whatever, whenever you guys figure it out, figure it out. But I've been streaming, I mean, Family Matters for the past year. Like I've been watching wrestling for the past month. Like, you're like you're, I'm not missing you guys. I haven't been to the movies since... <sighs> Maybe Sound of Freedom, but that was my that, last film as well. Uh, before, before that, that I think years. Uh, before that, I saw Doctor Strange, and I was like, "What the? What oh, the that was it? awful." Yeah, and I was like so upset, and so um, I'm not missing anything. I don't miss going to the theaters. I miss the theater experience um, because I miss what, like, you know, like I remember seeing the final installment of Avengers: um, Endgame. I remember what that felt like watching it in theaters with a bunch of fans who were all like cheering and we're all, I, I love that experience. I miss that. It's been years since, <laughs> since it's been like, that, that was obviously before COVID. And so um, movies have just not been the same anymore. Um, I don't know the last new show I've binge watched. Um, I binge watch old shows, maybe old shows that I've never tried again. I know we were talking about what re, um, rewatching Alias, but like I binge watch old shows, but I don't know any new shows that I've binge watched. So anyway, all I have to say is that um, there it's what's been coming out lately is trash and has been canned. And therefore um, the actors and the writers have not been taken seriously. And I have no remorse I don't feel bad. Um, and cry me a river. Speaking of crying me a river. Here's what we missed, Jamie. Dante Bo and Maverick City's kind of been going back and forth. They beefing? Oh, they beefing. I think they've been beefing, but they're beefing. They, they have, but the beef is public beef now. It is public. Um, all the beef of, of the beefing they've been doing. All the beefing, yeah. I mean, um, Dante's been putting a little bit more seasoning on it than Maverick, um, but that's because like Maverick is a whole entity, okay? But um, Dante also has like a, a song coming out. I don't know if he's about to drop an album or anything. But he um, he did a couple interviews because of the track that came out, which I don't remember. But it looked like, yep. yeah, because people were like upset about the the dance thing. Whoever Anthony B is, um, what are the lyrics? Also, wind me up lyrics. New song twenty twenty three. Wind me up. I don't know. That's how it goes. <laughs> Why me up? 
No way. It says we say yaga yo yaga ga yo yaga yo ya yaga yo yo yaga yo ya yaga. I'm not. This is literally the lyrics. Yaga yo yaga. Thinks he made it to the top of Apple Music charts on the quality of this song. I literally just put it in the chat that this is the beginning of the song. (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh. Okay. I have so much secondhand embarrassment right now. Yes. So. Okay. So Dante, here's my, here's my thoughts. Cause Dante has a new single coming out. So he did the whole little, like he's doing a little talk show stuff. Whoever's having him. Um, which have been, you know, podcasts like us. So they've been interviewing him and he's spilling all the tea on Maverick City. And of course he will, because he has a single coming out. The single came out, released a couple weeks ago called My Wind Me Up. And so um, in his interviews, he's been like, oh, like, you know, like basically even saying that both sides had been toxic to each other. They've been petty with each other. And it basically was about time. And they used his misbehavior, um, i.e. his pictures of Bad Bunny on a party bus, smoking pot. They used that as leverage to be like, okay, now we're cutting ties with you. Now, why someone would need to use that, I'm not sure. But I will say behavior like that does not happen overnight. And so um, you did not just wake up and decide that you were going to go chill with Bad Bunny. This is repeated behavior. And so uh, this new song that comes out uh, called Wind Me Up, the music video is kind of like, I don't even know what I'm watching. <laughs> the music video is so weird. He's like dancing on a beach and this woman, I don't know. I don't know. Like the imagery that was chosen was like, do you do you have discernment? Do you see what this looks like? How do you let this happen? So the lyrics go like so wind me up. Wind me up. Uh when I get real low, pick me up. Remind my mind I'm enough. Don't up and leave when it gets rough. Show me, show me love. Show me, show me love. Don't criticize me, not too much. Communication, please, for once. Give me your passion, give me trust. Well, I broke down in my foreign car. I didn't even know who to call. Are we even anything at all? Or do you want to hold me? Find the rhythm through it all. Move, move, move. We can't lose the groove. This man genuinely thinks that based on the quality of this song, he made it to the top of the Apple music charts on that alone. There's more going on here. And if you don't recognize it, you are either very prideful or very dumb. He thinks this was, this was all organic. Like his success is organic. No. Organic success doesn't happen anymore. I'm so With sorry. Apple Music? Are you kidding me? The world is more rigged than it ever was. And organic success that is this public doesn't exist. Organic success 
in a way that is real looks like you have a cult following um, and people who know you love you, but like you're not well known. Now that's, that's an organic success that I'll believe, but this not believable. Something else is going on here. His following seems to be kind of split down the middle on how they feel. So I wouldn't even think that this could have been organically like these are people supporting him post Maverick City because post Maverick City people are like, we, I don't know what to think. Um, I think if he would have just been like, I'm going to be a artist, people would have been like, oh, cool. Like you're going to go be an artist. And I think people would have supported that. Um, until they saw the music video. And, you know, it's not because, like, no one's naked. There's no nude scenes. But it's almost like, why? Why would you need to use that as artistic expression? Who talked you into that? And so um, he proceeded to say on his interview on the podcast he was on that Maverick City was willing to cut ties with him because of his misbehavior. But yet he threw a shot out there to say, well, also they were the same ones who offered me uh, a record deal two weeks after they cut ties with me. So he was just pretty much trying to put like, I'm not going to say anything, but I'm going to say something. And so he put a little bit of a, um, he threw a little line out there just to be like, who's who? Was it the chicken or the egg? Was it Maverick or was it Dante? I see. It's very clever. Very clever. I think, too, like, I could see Maverick being an instigator in such a subtle way that, that, like, Dante's response would be a bit more over the top so that it would seem like he instigated it. Like, Maverick would microaggression their way through it, and Mm -hmm. Dante would, like, overreact as a response. Which seems Correct. to be what's happening. I mean, at this point, because he's a solo artist, he has to have a manager. If he has a manager, he has a PR team. And so we can't even trust that everything that he's saying and doing is of his own volition. So um, I, I'm saying that this is a very clever marketing scheme where you're like, um, this is a very clever PR stunt where you're going to start dropping little tea bags doop, 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 of like, this is what's been going on when I was a Maverick. And um, people are going to want to listen because they want it. They want the tea. They're not listening because they're like, oh, we support you 100%, even though he does have those people. Even when I, uh, when he dropped the clip from his music video, when it dropped like three weeks ago, the way like there were immediate responses within like a minute and it, they were all saying the same thing. And I was like, bots much? Like question mark. Like I literally... I was like, holy bots, Batman. And I think that's what I said. And then Dante had liked it <laughs> because I was just like, what in the name of bots is happening here? Like everybody was like, so good, so good, so good. So good. I was like, oh. <laughs> some, I, and I bet that like, there are a lot of bots that he doesn't know are bots. Yes. So, cause that's the whole lore that they feed you into when you want to pursue this lifestyle. And it's really comical yet ironic that um dante is really defending his stance in i'm gonna pursue this genre of music and i really feel like the lord's behind me he even had said in a comment to someone 
Um, he's like, and, and the minute the Lord says that he doesn't want me to do it, I will happily lay it down and go back to leading worship. The comedic side of it all is that Dante Bo thinks he's the only Christian artist who will ever be the one to crack the code and be like, I can choose to be in the secular world if I want to. And when I'm done with the secular world, I will go back and do my worship leading stuff. I don't know many people. I can't even think of one Christian artist, worship leader turned Christian artist turned secular artist who successfully delved into all of that and then came back and was like, all right, I'm laying that all down. I'm going to be a worship leader again. It's the same pattern as like people who start out in country and then become pop stars like they always wanted to be. And they are like acting like they, they'll like gaslight their country fans. They'll be like, what? No, I haven't changed. And like, this is what I've always wanted. And um, they used the country fan base to launch them to pop superstardom. And it's, they, they never go back. It's the same thing. Just be my whole issue with the whole, who cares? I don't like, I don't, I'm not even interested in Dante's genre. I was never really interested in Dante as a worship leader. Um, personally like i was just kind of like he's not my cup of tea i felt like he always needed to clear his throat i'm just not a fan of him okay <gasps> so i <laughs> was like screaming <laughs> i was like i know that this man had a calling because i know he really loved to lead and i know that he really knew how to command a room okay whether or not it was because you're anointed or because you're a performer i don't know um but I knew that he enjoyed what he was doing. He enjoyed the community he was with. He was having a good time, all the stuff. So now you want to delve into R&B music. Well, it's because you started dabbling a little bit here and there. And a little leaven will ruin the whole lump. And so when you're dabbling and you get a little taste and people are seeing how you're acting and then you're at the Grammys wearing an all-white suit with your open chest and telling people you can't wait till you see Little Nas X on the stage. Who are you Listen. looking forward to seeing him perform? Uh, is Little Nas X, X performing tonight? I'm looking forward to seeing that. That's going to be cool, probably. Yeah. When you were a little kid growing up, did you ever think you'd win a Grammy? Yeah. Okay. I like that. No, I like that. You've been manifesting this. Listen, people start keeping track of that. There's a history there. There's receipts, okay? So now that you're acting this way, you think you have the unmitigated goal to think that we would be bamboozled by you telling us, oh, I just want to, you know, try the R&B thing. And, you know, the minute that I'm done with it, I can, I'll just come back, you know, all your stuff. Just go, listen, it's not as complicated when Jesus said in Revelation that I'd rather you be hot or cold. Because if you're to be lukewarm, I'm going to spit you out, okay? Choose. Just be one or the other. And do it confidently. Where... It gets dangerous is when you want to straddle the fence. Um, It's not good to be double-minded and unstable. So just do you and and go. That's my problem. My problem is that if you want to go into secular world, if you want to make doo-doo music and R&B, whatever, go do it. But like, don't do it and then be like, yeah, yeah, guys, but I'll come back. I'll, I'll see you in a little bit. I'll come back. I'll come back. No, just go do it. Or don't. But you're not fooling anybody and saying like, oh, no, 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 I'm just doing this for a little bit and then, you know, I'll come back. 
I, I again, I have yet to see an artist who's been able to crack this code to where worship leader, Christian artist, secular, back to square one. I have not seen people do that. I know Tori Kelly tried, not successful. Um, Jonas Brothers did did not come back to square one. Katy Perry did not come back to square one. Um, I know the Beebs had gotten saved, and Beebs is like, you know, the reason why. Um, Beebs will have more. There will be more anointing when he's like on stage at a concert and just lead worship is because he's true to himself, mm-hmm. and he won't tell you that he's a worship leader or that he is a Christian artist. He will just tell you that he's someone who loves Jesus, and he happens to sing. He's mm-hmm. a musician. He's an artist who loves Jesus. There's a difference between a worship leader and a Christian artist. And just a musician who loves Jesus. Just mm-hmm. and, and Dante can just be a musician who loves Jesus. And we're okay with that. Yeah. But you you think we can be duped as if we haven't been down this road before. Mm-hmm. As we talked about Brooke Ling- Lingerwood. Like, okay, cool. I, I love that she's out there and everybody loves that what she's doing now. But the reason she's doing what she's doing now is because she was not a successful pop star. She tried. It was not a successful pop star. Mm-hmm. So um I don't I don't know what makes Dante think he's got the secret sauce. If he comes back, it's because R and B did not take off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I don't know how much of like this like PR stuff that he's doing is actually like translating to taking off and what taking off at the end of the day has to look like is it has to look like money. And listen it has to be whether it's sales brand deals, um, concert ticket sales, merch sales. It has to make money. Otherwise, it's not successful. You can go to all the Vogue parties you want to go to. Let me tell you something about those Vogue parties. Do you think that you're making money going to a Vogue party? You're not. Right. You are – if you get invited and it's free to go, you still have to spend money. If you're a man – um, on styling and maybe on grooming as well. Um, at least on styling, you know, maybe go to a barber shop, like be a, be a cheap, like ratchet, like pop celebrity, whatever. Like there are celebrities that that are living balling on a budget, and they'll like go to a a manicure, like a salon, rather than get a manicurist in their home and get like a custom manicure. Like, yes, I. Or you'll call Glam Squad and you'll look awful. But bare minimum, you have to pay for a stylist for a Vogue party. You're losing money going to a Vogue party. Trust and believe. You're losing money doing press. If you're hanging out with the press, they don't pay you to be there. And you don't pay them to be there. But you do. Well, sometimes you do pay them to be there. But you do have to pay for how you're going to look when you show up. You're you're spending money on hotels, cars, your team, um, your fit, like how you look and spending your time. So you're losing money doing all of the press stuff. You so pay right now, to be it, seen and to have a seat. Those are the two things you pay for. And so if he, if what his career looks like right now is maybe he's getting a lot of iTunes sales, which don't amount to much as we all know, because we saw the numbers back yeah. when back when Napster took over <clears throat> and back when the um back when the 
CD market was starting to ebb and flow. It was like it was flopping and then it was back again. (laughs) We saw the numbers. We saw Mm -hmm. how much people were making per song and per stream on Spotify when, um, who is it from, um, from the band Genesis, um, Peter Gabriel, I believe, uh, Peter Gabriel was the one who shocked a judge with how little he made from what was like over a million streams of a song. Yes. And so we, we know that like music sales are not enough to, they will tell you right now. Also, it's like a thing. Um, Jamie, I can send you a couple, but a couple videos, but artists now are telling you that it's a terrible time to get into the music industry because it does not pay. Mm Mm-hmm. They like they're telling you now, like however bad it was then, mm-hmm. Genesis was like around like 1970, 1980. Mm-hmm. They said it's so bad now. It's like you make nothing. If you're an indie band, forget it. Absolutely. Like, do you really think that a couple cents for a song sale or play is paying for someone's life? A you know, whatever like five dollars they're making from the sale of a shirt or and how many people are buying these shirts not that many people concerts only happen for spurts of tours whether it's three months six months and you go on tour and you sell out venues even if you're selling out venues you're still losing a lot of money paying for the venue music is a losing game it's a losing game and as someone who has music distributed on platforms like iTunes and Spotify and all that stuff, I will tell you that the very little money that I make pays my um, domain hosting. It pays my, uh, the, my, like, um, in the restaurant industry, you, you call it overhead, right? Like where, where I'm renting my space, that's what it's paying for. So the place that's hosting all my music so that it's broadcasted on all these platforms, it maybe pays for that. So I don't put music out so that I can, you know, strike a big one day and, you know, I'm just going to be having a million streams. I put it out because I love to create music. I put it out because I like to write music and I I like to finish songs. <laughs> and so um, I put it out for the enjoyment of myself, but also so that other ones, other people can step into my experience. I don't put it out being like, oh, man, I can't wait to see what my track is going to look like it's a losing game and right now nowadays you have to get into music because you enjoy it not because you're you're looking to um write that one song that that takes you off like it it's not going to happen mm-hmm. um and if it does happen it's because somebody sold something and i will not say who or what but <laughs> we got some things being sold it will be interesting to see how this goes after all of the PR stuff fizzles out and Dante has to look at just the numbers and the sales because that's really going to determine, like, is he going to be able to stop doing worship appearances? Because I bet those worship appearances, which is wild because I don't think they used to, but now they probably do pay more than anything the music industry is doing. They did not then, but they do now. And part of it is just because people will actually still pay for conference tickets and worship tickets. They won't pay for secular stuff because it's gotten so bad. And churches, unfortunately, because of the celebrity culture, churches write big checks. I'm just going to 
let you know that. I mean, for me as an itinerant worship leader, I, I, I get paid. If I did it full time, I would be fine. I would have an income, but I do it because I, I, you know, I do it um, because I enjoy leading worship. It's not my full-time job. It's not even a priority job. It's like a, mm, if it fits into my schedule, I'll do it. But if somebody was to make that their full-time job, they would be paid pretty well because of celebrity culture. Wow. In Zichich. Interesting. So, um, I mean, whatever Dante decides to do, I don't want to say I bless you in it, but I, I hope you get what you want. And um, after you get what you want, <laughs> um, I hope you're able to determine if that's what you needed. And when you do decide, I hope that there is a home for you whenever you come back and that you are welcomed in. Um, I personally, like I said, I don't have any qualms with him deciding to go the direction that he goes, but don't do the one foot in one foot out. Like one, you're, unfortunately you are a role model to some people and some people are looking at you going, Oh, I can compromise and be fine. I can compromise and sell albums. I can compromise and sell merch. And that's what you're telling people as a role model. And so it would just be better to just be like, boom, here's my journey. I want to delve into this. Um, Maybe I, you can consider me a artist who loves Jesus. And that's as far as I can get. But don't, don't one, don't play the victim as far as like, oh, well, you know, like Maverick cut me and I was just chilling and I was tired. And like, no, like enough of that. We're done. Um, we don't behave this way. You're behaving as if you don't know better and we know better. But two, um, just go with, go in the direction you wanted to go with, just by all means. So I just want to like, that to be said that there is no um, hard feelings, like as if there would be hard feelings. I don't take anything personally, but the idea is not to be upset because he wanted to delve into that. I was just saying, and I know in our pre-show notes, we couldn't, we couldn't recall anyone who took that path was successful and then came back. Yeah, I agree. And I actually wonder even what his audience looks like now that he's in the secular world. Is it just Christians who didn't have great discernment that are now following him? Or is are there actually people who have not heard of him from the worship scene, like secular people, people who listen to music outside of the church that are actually jumping on board? Yes. Um, or is it all just a bunch of bots? I, I really think it's bots, but... That is the mystery to be told. I just... I, I'm very interested to know what this audience is. Um, but, yeah, unfortunately, I just don't see it being legit. Not legit at all. Um, I think we should pause here for the night. Well, guys, uh, we've had a lot of fun today. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. Happy and holy. As always, like, subscribe, share. And as Jamie will always remind you, hit up the website, happyandholyco.com. You can always email us at happyandholyco at gmail.com. Don't forget to hit up the website, happyandholyco.com. Don't forget to... Follow us on Instagram, Happy and Holy Co. We're on Facebook, Happy and Holy 
Co. Are you catching our drift? And so, um, YouTube, share the link, subscribe, do all the things. We appreciate you. We love you. Um, and as always, stay happy and.